This morning we read from Mark 12, 28 to 34. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, he asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, The most important is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and there is no other besides him. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Thank you, David. Good morning. I started to fall in love with Kena in 1988 at Westmont College. God brought her into my life, and uh, what an amazing gift. And as we had our uh, time together, and we were uh, journeying together and, and falling in love, uh, there, there wasn't a day that would go by that I wouldn't think about Kena and how to love her, uh, how to romance her, how to let her know that that I really wanted to marry her at some point. And so uh, we had our campus uh, mailboxes, and, and uh, once a week I would put uh, roses into her mailbox, so when she'd come and get her mail, there'd be roses there. And we were in Santa Barbara, just one of the most beautiful places, and, and uh, I'd always try to figure out these romantic picnics, trying to, to set up spots on the beach and into the, the mountains, and, and there was a lot of beautiful streams that would roll through, and... One of the times I did a, um, I did a kind of a scavenger hunt picnic. So along the way, you would find uh, certain items. So here's the sandwich, you know. Then you get to some of the other goodies, and at the end, it would just say "I love you." And I was always doing that every day, thinking thinking about Kina, and uh, wanting to pour out extravagant love, wanting to do extravagant things for her. Uh, we again, we were close to L.A., so one. One night, a beautiful dinner in L.A., and then took her to see Les Mis, and, and just had a great night together uh, in extravagance. And uh, for a college kid to get Les Mis tickets was crazy, crazy love, because uh, that cost a lot. But always thinking about Kina, and always wanting to her to know that I love her. Uh, and then we got married. And, um, <laughs> well, I mean... Um, not, not that way, no. So. <laughs> then we got married, and you know what? Your love changes, doesn't it? Your love changes. It's actually, I think, uh, a deeper love. It's a better love. Uh, but it does change, if we're real honest with each other. And the daily, the daily pursuit 
uh, of your spouse uh, changes uh, and what that looks like. And the question for us this morning is, is, what does that look like in our love relationship with God? Um, do we really love God? Truly. Are we continuing to, every day, think upon our Lord? We say we're followers of Christ, followers of our Lord. Uh, do we really love Him? Do we long for a deeper relationship? Do we think upon Him daily, asking Him for life, for wisdom, letting Him know that we love Him? What's our relationship like with the Lord? Or are we becoming like some of the churches, we lose our first love? And so that's the question for us all this morning. Because I think we all struggle along the way sometimes. Do I really love God? What am I all about? What am I doing on this planet? What's my life for? So let's ask the Lord to minister that to us this morning. Heavenly Father, uh, we want to say this morning that we love you and that we acknowledge you as Lord and Savior, the giver of life, the lover of our souls, the one who always pursues us even though we sometimes forget and stop pursuing you. And Father, forgive us for that. Forgive us when we don't think upon you, when we don't come to you, when we don't uh, express our love for you. Forgive us, Father. So Lord, do your work this morning in us. We know that you don't lay this heavy guilt and shame upon us, but we know you long for a deeper relationship with us. And so Father, touch our hearts uh, this morning, I pray, as we study your word. In your precious name, amen. Jesus is headed to the cross. You see, that's God's extravagant love for each and every one of us, isn't it? For God so loved the world that he gave his son. He gave his son to die so that he could have a love relationship with each and every one of us. So Jesus is headed to the cross. This is the final week. Everything that Jesus says has incredible power and impact. And as you think about Jesus thinking about his final week, uh, he is really uh, ministering and trying to draw people unto himself, trying to break all of these heavy laws and rules that are upon the people, really keeping them away from the love of Jesus, the love of the Father. The scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, like Jackson was speaking about last week, really want to kill Jesus. They want to get rid of him. They're a threat Uh, Jesus is a threat to their whole way of life, really. And so they keep coming with trying to trick him. But there's one in the crowd who comes up, a scribe. Uh, Scribes were really the lawyers. They really were the ones who interpreted the law. And one of the scribes comes up and asks him a question about the greatest command. You see, one of the arguments of the day was, which out of all the 613... Which one had the most weight? Which were, which were the ones that we really need to focus on? Some were lighter laws and some were heavier. But which ones? And that was a common argument. And so they would sit in the courts and talk about these things. And the Lord is going to address that question. It was very serious for them. Very serious for the rabbis. Very serious for all the, the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees. They took it to heart. The truth is, there were many who were devout. 
they really wanted to love God well. They were just not allowing themselves to, to understand the prophecies that Jesus the Savior was here, that they were devout to God. Let me show you a couple images of, of some rabbis uh, and what it looks like today. So <clears throat> they have these, these little boxes on their heads. Those are called phylacteries. And they, they hold... They hold, oftentimes, uh, the Shema, which is Deuteronomy 6. that was read for the child dedication this morning. Let me read it again. Hear, O Israel. And the key there is hear. Listen to God. Hear God speaking to you. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your might. These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them to Caleb Ryan, right? Teach them diligently. Talk of them when you sit in your house and when you're on your way, when you lie down and when you rise. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And so they have leather straps going around their hand. And and oftentimes, uh, sometimes now they just have the leather straps. Other times they have another little box uh, upon their hand. You shall bind them uh, upon your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. That's what you're seeing there with the rabbis. And you shall write them on the doorposts and on the house and on your gates. The Shema. Oh, hear. Hear, O Israel, what God has for you. Devout and prayers and two times a day they would pray and pray and ask God to do this. They also had the mezuzah. The mezuzah was, was a little cylinder that was on their door. And so that when they would come and when they would go from their home, they would be reminded, my life it belongs to God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. My life is devoted to Him. And so it was a reminder on the doorpost, the mezuzah, very serious about their dedication and following the laws And so the question is posed to Jesus by this curious, interested teacher of the law. Many of you are on that journey. You're curious and you're interested what Jesus has to say. And you're like this scribe who shows up, saying, what is it, Lord? What is most important? What's it all about? Jesus is establishing a new kingdom, isn't he? He's come in, he said in Mark 1.15, the kingdom of God is at hand. There's going to be a whole new relationship with the living God. Everything that was prophesied about the Messiah coming, it's come. I'm Lord of the Sabbath. I'm the one who heals your sins. I'm the one who forgives your sins. Nobody can say that except God. And Jesus shows up making these proclamations and making it very clear. I am the Son of God. There's a new kingdom in hand. But what that means is there's a new relationship. You have these 613, but it's, it's all going to be new. It's not like anything you'd expect. It's not a, a conquering kingdom like we read about. And as he rode on the donkey, they expected him to come in a warrior to defeat the Roman oppression. It's not what it's about. It's not a kingdom that, that elevates all the powerful, it's a kingdom that elevates the servant because the servant is the greatest. And because the Lord is making very clear, I am servant. 
I did not come to be served, Mark 10.45, but to serve and to give my life a ransom for many, for each and every one of you, for me. Right? That's what the kingdom looks like. It's not about taking over with power. It's not about leading with all this incredible strength and we're just going to rule. No, it's upside down and backwards to everything that our humanity thinks about when we think of a conquering kingdom. It's come in. It's a new relationship. You Pharisees and you Sadducees, you teachers of the law, you have made it so difficult for people to come into a loving relationship with Jesus Christ, with my Father. You've placed this incredible burden on the people. 613. And now trying to figure out, well, which is the greatest? Which has the most weight? And Jesus is going to attack that to the core. Really, he's going to make the whole temple irrelevant. All the sacrifices, everything that's going on. No, that's not necessary anymore. Jesus has come. It's the only way there can be a payment for sin. And there has to be a payment for sin. Somehow we keep trying to push sin away, or that we don't even use it as a word anymore. We are wretched sinners in need of a Savior. And the only solution to our sin problem is Jesus Christ dying on the cross, rising again, and then us saying once and for all, I place my faith in you, Jesus. Forgive me for my sin. Jesus is going to attack and engage these questions. You asked me what the greatest command is. You started at 613. David was looking at all those. He reduced them to 11 in Psalm 15. Isaiah is looking at them all. He, he reduces them to 6 in Isaiah 33. And then Micah puts them down to 3 in Micah, in Micah chapter 6. He has shown me, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of thee, but to do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly with thy God. And so look at, the, look at the passage. Which commandment is the most important of all, Jesus? And Jesus answered, the most important is to hear is this. And again, the Shema. Hear! Listen! Open your ears! The Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Lord our God is one. Now remember, as Moses was giving out the Shema, the Hear, O Israel... Remember, the people came out of Egypt. You know what was going on in Egypt. They had all kinds of gods. Which one do you worship today? They had all kinds of gods for different situations. No, the Lord our God is one. He's the true God. The Lord our God is not a God of fear, like it was in Egypt. The Lord our God is a God of love, who wants relationship with each of us. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God... And so you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is this, or the second is just like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. It all boils down. Are you ready? Out of 613. Love the Lord your God. And as God loves you, Now we pour out and we love others. End of sentence. Why do we make it so complicated? We do, don't we? We keep adding or we keep trying to suggest, well, this is how it's supposed to look. This is what life with Christ looks like. 
And we add laws to each other. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And love one another. This is agape love. It's intelligent. It's purposeful. It's committed. Agape love. It's a love that's an act of the will. Agape love. It's beautiful. It's radical. It's life-changing. It's agape love. We are to love God like this, and we are to love one another like this. Love Him with all of your heart. It's the core of our our physical being. It's, It's what occupies the first place in our lives. What's our attention towards? When you wake up in the morning, what's your allegiance towards? We were at the uh, National Prayer Breakfast uh, yesterday, State Prayer Breakfast yesterday. And we did do a Pledge of Allegiance to the flag, which I think is fine. Thank God for this country. But the focus of the morning was our allegiance to God. Do we wake up in the morning and our allegiance is unto the Lord? And the question of this morning, do we really love God? Are we pursuing Him? Are we letting Him know that we love Him? Are we seeking forgiveness from Him when we fail? Love Him with all your heart. I think the idea in this context, too, is love Him without pretense. Right? Jesus is getting all over the Pharisees and the Sadducees. These guys are laying out all these laws, and yet their hearts are hard. Love Him without pretense. Don't just give lip service. Don't just show up here on Sunday and like, well, I did my duty. It's a call for us, again, to humbly say, Lord, I don't love you well, but I want to. Help me. Help me hear, O Israel. Help me to hear you, God. That's where our Christianity really starts to grow, our our relationship, when we hear from God, when we open our ears to what he has to say to us. Every morning, like David would cry in the morning, Oh, Lord, hear my prayer. Love Him with all of your heart. What's first? Where your treasure is, there your heart shall be, right? And love Him with all of your soul. That's, that's a seed of our emotions. It's, it's an emotional love. We shouldn't be ashamed to express our emotions towards God. You see, God's an emotional God. And He's given us all these wonderful emotions. Use them to love God. Use them like, like you love your children. Again, you know, as you, as you think about Caleb this morning, it's like, oh man, I love that kid. You know, and you just want to hold him and, and you just want to express how much you love him. You know, sometimes, right, as a parent, you're like, I don't even know why I love this kid so much. Not like he does a lot for me, you know? <laughs> you just love him because you do. And you know why? Because it's God's love in you. Use your emotion to love God, it should touch us at our most intimate levels. And it can be in our worship with expressing our love for God. It can, it can just be in your prayer closet. Just, Lord, I love you. Love Him with all of your heart and with all of your soul, with all of your mind, it refers to our intellect. That intellect, that as we understand who God is, it starts to, to change our lives and our thinking. We are renewing our minds in Christ as we are looking at His Word. We're not to be stupid Christians. and It's like everything is just based on emotion. No. With our minds. Seeking after God. God, what do you have to say to me? God, you've given me your whole word. Your love letter to me. 
You've revealed who you are in your Scriptures. I want to know you more. You revealed how to have life. I want to understand. And so we use and we love God with our minds as we study and learn about who He is. We meditate upon Him. We're conscious in our decisions. Our our decision-making is based on truth. We love Him with our minds. Heart, soul, mind. And with all of our strength, it speaks with our, our might, our, our power, our abilities that God has given us, our, our gifts that the Lord has given unto us. Every talent and strength saying, Lord, this is to glorify You. I want to love You and I want to glorify You with all of my might. Everything that You've given unto me. What's it really saying? All of you. All of you. All of your being surrendered in love relationship with the Lord. And like when I was courting Kina, I can't help but think about you today. And I want to figure out a way to express that. Do we really love God? What starts to happen is, as we love God more and more, what happens is, as we love the One who is our Master, as we acknowledge Him as our Lord, He changes us. And as we become followers of His, and we love Him, He starts to minister to us. And here's the consequence of that. We cannot help, but now all of a sudden, Lord, You have poured Your love into me. As I am loving You, and as You are loving me, and now I can't help but take Caleb into my arms and love him. I'm loving others now because of this love relationship that's vertical. Now it's going horizontal into the world. This is what will change the world for the kingdom of God. It's not military power and all of that. It's this vertical relationship that becomes horizontal. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And what's connected directly to that. And that's what Jesus does here that's different from any other time as these laws were placed out. We saw the laws in Leviticus night. Hey, love your neighbor. But what Jesus is doing, He's saying, no, they're the same thing. And all the laws, Matthew, say, hinge on these two. It all comes together. It's culminated here. You see, you can't separate the two. Here's the reality. If we're really loving God, then your life is going to be full of loving others. It will be. And it's living a life in the joy and in the life of Christ. Again, this isn't to lay a guilt trip on any of us, right? It's just saying, what is our love relationship like with Jesus Christ? And hopefully, if some of you are drifting away if some of you have forgotten your first love, that He's drawing you back in because He wants you to have life. And He wants to be in love relationship with you. And it's beautiful when that plays out in life. How does this actually look? What's a daily journey of loving God and loving others? What does this look like in life and in kingdom work? I wanted my, my good friend Brian Orlovich to come up for a little bit. Where's our, is that a microphone? Brian is a leader with Young Life, uh, especially overseeing the former Soviet Union, Young Life. And he gets to walk alongside a lot of leaders uh, in the former Soviet Union. And I want him to share just testimony of what it means to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Brian? Um, 
Well, part of my job is to support um, and serve our Young Life leaders and staff overseas, in, um, specifically in 10 of the 15 former Soviet Union countries. And so uh, part of my job is I get to collect these stories and see what God's doing overseas um, through these, uh, these faithful um, people. And, uh, and so as Rod and myself, I've been sharing these with Rod and, and, and the staff, and, and so he asked for me to share a couple of these with you today. And uh, so I picked two. Go ahead, that first slide. I picked two that really spoke to me um, over these last few months. Um, <clears throat> the Ukins on the left, um, which are from Ukraine, which many in this, in this body have, have gotten to meet. Um, they're great people. And uh, Irina and Ruslan from Uzbekistan. And I'm going to start with them. So uh, Uzbekistan is, uh, is a very Muslim country. And uh, the work that uh, Ira and Ruslan lead uh, is, is very dangerous and, and covert. And often he's, he's running um, from the authorities and stuff like that. But um, he leads a team of, of great young life leaders who, uh, in the end of the day, are, are just followers of Christ, just like all of us in this room. And they have a heart for kids and how to serve kids. And one of the mission-defining things of, of Young Life and Young Life leaders is we go after, we go to where kids are at, whether that's in Uzbekistan, Ukraine, Boise, Idaho, or Meridian, Idaho. We go to where kids are at. And uh, in Uzbekistan, one of the places they went was this, this orphanage. And they showed up at this orphanage and started serving these kids. And... Um, Uzbekistan is a very poor country, and so these kids are, are forgotten. And so when they show up, not only to bring games and relationships, but they would bring food and vitamins and, and clothes when they could. And one of the things that was on their heart was these kids had no place to sleep. They were sleeping on mats. And so the Young Life leader and the Young Life teams started to pray Lord, would you give us the funds? Would you give us something to help these kids? And um, we didn't know anything about this in the U.S. And all of a sudden, we get a check, a gift given to us from a, from a 14-year-old teenager in Wichita. And that's a whole other story that I'd take another 20 minutes to share, but it's another miracle. And it's, it's uh, gifted to Uzbekistan. And so we contact Uzbekistan, which is not an easy thing to do. And uh, we say, hey, this gift is coming. Let us know how you want to use it. And by the way, there's no strings attached to this gift. You use it the way that you guys want to. And I get this, I get this report back from them, and they're praising God. They're saying, this is an answer from the Lord. From now, we get to buy mattresses for our friends. At this, uh, at this orphanage. And you can see these, and we think mattresses, you're thinking luxurious, but these are just kind of cushions. They ordered 50 of these things, and they rented a van, they stuffed them in the van, and they drove to the orphanage. And the directors, you think sometimes that these directors of these orphanages are just kind of socking away the money. They just don't have any money. And so the director of this orphanage is, is meeting them, excited. And so they show up, and the kids are at lunch. And so they don't even see the kids, or most of the kids are at lunch. And they delivered these mattresses. Go ahead and next slide. And when I got this report, 
I, I, I've pulled it out like 10 times and read it in the last two months. I look at these pictures of these kids that are, um, that are sitting there. And uh, I look at the clothes that our friends are wearing. And it's, it's late fall and it's cold and these kids are, are sitting there barely clothed. And they get to come back from lunch and have mattresses. Um, I'll tell you, when I read that, I was like, I'm very proud to serve these people in this way. So pray for, uh, pray for Uzbekistan and Ruslan. Uh, he really is in danger of his life every, every day. So the second one I want to share with you is, uh, is our friends in, in Ukraine, uh, Ira Utkin, uh, Ira and Sasha. They've been here at this church. Um, lots of uh, uh, our friends in this congregation have gone over there and served them in Ukraine. Uh, Ira has a heart for um, young moms. And uh, she leads a ministry called Young Lives, which works with uh, young teenage girls that find themselves pregnant and have no place to go. <clears throat> they don't, there's not a lot of places to go in the U.S. like that, um, let alone Ukraine. And so she's been doing that ministry for a while, and um, it's grown, literally, in lots of ways. But um, one way it's grown is she's had a vision for a crisis pregnancy center. And... Uh, they built one on the other side of town um, from where the, their normal club is. By the way, it's the first crisis pregnancy center in Ukraine, of what I've been told. <clears throat> and uh, before they even opened up, um, the, the lady holding that baby comes walking by, and uh, that's the first baby saved um, from this crisis pregnancy center before the doors even opened up. So they've been seeing lots of, lots of girls. That Ukrainians have no idea what to do with this because nobody does anything for free over there. Always somebody has an angle on something. <clears throat> and this one girl walks in with that mindset. Um, this poor girl, um, her second baby, um, bad choice after bad choice after bad choice. Her, her parents and her family have kind of shunned her, pushed her out the door, and she's got no place to go. And so she walked into the crisis pregnancy center, uh, really skeptical, sat down, met with Ira, and they began talking like she does with all these other ladies that walk through the door. And at the end, she says, you know, I want to go forward. I, w- I want you to help me. And so they have some information that they fill out, kind of like going to a doctor's office and you get your name and, and information. So she starts filling this out. Her name, um, actually don't know her first name. Let's just say it's Shura. But I do know her last name. She wrote down Utkin which is Ira's last name, Utkin. I don't think there's HIPAA laws there, but she looks at that, and they, they finish, and immediately Ira calls Sasha, her husband, and, and they do what's right. They go to Sasha's mama, and they say, do we have, who's this Utkin? Are we related? And she says, yeah, you are. It's, it's a second cousin from this village over here. And so that just blows my mind that, that they're serving the ladies of Chernovsky, and it comes around. And she's able to help save um, people in her own family. So I share, I share with those two stories. And that's far, and that's overseas. And by the way, here's some of the Young Life g- girls, um, her group right now. But I share this with you guys because you, this seems really neat. And it's so far away, though. It's not here locally. But I want to I leave you guys with this. <clears throat> there was a small group. Of, of people, seven, seven of us that stood on this stage 27 years ago 
I was, I was really young. Uh, my young life leader uh, had found me, Gary Parsons. He went to this church, um, and uh, they had a wild idea to do this short-term missions project to uh, Soviet Union, Russia at that time. And this church sponsored that. This church sent them. They gave them their, your blessing. And it was out of that trip that Gary picked up his family with a calling from the Lord and moved to Russia. And it was from that, from that missions, short-term missions trip, that all this ministry has developed. In 10 countries, we're going for 15 over there. And so don't think that just the little things that you can do here in Cole Community doesn't impact the world, doesn't impact Boise, doesn't impact Meridian. So I just wanted to share you those with those uh, two brief stories. As I've gone over there to the Ukraine, the thing that that's so convicting to me is any any and all really money that is that is brought in um, to them is is for the kingdom of God. The the house where Sasha and Ira are, uh, as we stayed at that house, I mean. The house is a hotel. And they keep asking that they can add more rooms because there's people who need a place to stay. And kids are coming to Christ all over the place. Their whole lives are sold out to loving God. The money is is never for themselves. You have to kind of pressure them. Like, no, you, you actually need a car to get around town. You know, No, 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 we need to get more mattresses. They really live that way. And it's convicting to me, you know. And the, here's the other thing. They're young. A lot of these leaders started out, I mean, as teenagers. Teenagers loving teenagers. Why? Because God radically loved them and changed their life. He saved them. And now their life is like, well, then we're just going to love God back and serve Him with our whole lives. And that's what they do day in and day out. I kid you not. Do we really love God? All the laws, all the rules boil down to these two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor. This is the greatest. This is the most important. C.S. Lewis said this, When I've learned to love God better than my earthly dearest, I shall love my earthly dearest better than I do now. Insofar as I learn to love my earthly dearest at the expense of God and instead of God, I shall be moving towards the state in which I shall not love my earthly dearest at all. When first things are put first, second things are not suppressed, but increased. When first things are put first, Second things are not suppressed, but increased. When I'm loving God with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength, my love for my neighbor just flows out like a river. How can we love this way? Sometimes you go, man, I'm not capable. How can I do this kind of love? I feel guilty. Lord's not doing that again. And don't hear guilt trip up here. Just hear a call upon your hearts. The reason that we can love this way is because, like 1 John 4 says, is because Christ loved us first. 
You see, He gave everything for us. He gave everything so that we would have life. So in other words, we're able to love like this because He loved us that way. How can we do it? Well, we can't, right? We're broken. But here's the key. Don't let your brokenness keep you away from entering into the love of God and then loving Him right back. A lot of times we feel like a lot of times we feel like we need to have it all together, right? Well, I can't come into the presence of God. I mean, look at me. I'm just a mess. How can we love that way? Well, because He died on the cross for that mess of ours. And He rose again, conquering sin and death. How can we love that way? Because He loved us. And He loves us in our brokenness. To love God with our whole being shouldn't be again a reason that we're not measuring up. Instead, it's an imitation to the throne room. And so as the scribe heard this, I I love this little scene. He's like, hey Jesus, you answered well. Good job. (laughs) You just got to wonder what Jesus is thinking. Well, thank you. Thanks (laughs) Thanks for approving. You've answered well. Yeah, all those sacrifices, they're not as important. But Jesus says this to the man, who's, I think, an honest seeker of truth, of life. You're not far away from the kingdom of God. But here's the other hard reality. He's not in the kingdom of God yet. He's trying to figure all this out. And I think some of the things that are hindering him is just like, yeah, but we have all these rules. You know, I'm, a, I'm the guy who, who researches all the rules and how they're done right. The thing that's hindering them is, is fear. The thing that's hindering them is, you know, I can never get there. You're not far from the kingdom. The thing that's hindering them is, he's saying, well, I've got to have this intellectual battle and, and in my mind have it all figured out. You know, none of us are saved because we won the intellectual battle. We're saved because God deals with our sin, our heart issues. And then continues the growth in our intellectual understanding of our loving God, right? You're not far. And I hope this morning that God is speaking. If you're like the scribe who's curious, who's been wondering, and you're not far from the kingdom of God, that you would surrender your heart unto him. He's loved you first. He wants nothing but relationship. You don't need to have it all together. He's saying, come in to my loving arms. Let me teach you how to have life. Let me give you salvation. It's a free gift. You're not ashamed here. In here, there's nothing but grace and love and forgiveness. Now let us walk together in life. Don't be so close to the kingdom of God and let things keep you away. God's calling you this morning. Today is the day of salvation. An honest seeker. Do you want to heal your marriage relationship and relationships that you're in? Hear, O Israel, seek first the kingdom of God. Love God first. And then the headwaters of God pour out upon you and your spouse. Do you desire relief from your anxious heart? Love God. And let the peace which surpasses all understanding pour out upon your mind. Cover you. Do you long to impact the world for His glory and you want to do great kingdom work loving others? Then love God first. When we lose sight of loving God first, 
then it's difficult to love others. Love God first. He's everything. He lives in us and He transforms us and He loves us right where we're at. Do you want to understand what life is all about? Then love God. And let Him minister to you your purpose and your value and what life is all about. Do you really love God? Let's pray. Father, again, we, we want to love you better. And I know so many in this room, like myself, just desire to be followers of Christ who love you well. And we acknowledge that you've loved us well, that you've forgiven us, and that you're full of grace. And so this morning I pray that your Holy Spirit would minister grace to this whole congregation. Father, we acknowledge you, Lord and Savior, giver of life. Thank you for loving us first. We love you, Lord Jesus. Amen.